Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Welcome back. Three past ten. Tim Gossage in the chair. Tim Gossage back, Sporting Goss on a Wednesday. Thanks for your company. On SEN Spirit, of course, SENWA, and wherever you tune in to us around the country. Thanks for your company. And a special thanks to Peter V, Peter Vlahos, who filled the chair for a couple of days as I took a refresher, a bit of a bit of Tim time. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I'm the, the king. man who Yeah, I am. But uh, you know, the king has to get off the throne every now and then. Uh good to be back. Uh that was the voice of Chris Clafunas. I like to call him Special K because I am trying to get <laughs> that Kellogg sponsorship. <laughs> Kellogg's That's on sweet, board. sweet Kellogg's money. <laughs> Where's Kellogg's when you need them anyway? Good morning. Morning. How are you? Miss me? I missed you lots. Only two days. Yeah. Only two days. And we were in touch. It's not like I fell off the face of the earth. Peter <laughs> did a really good job. Really, really Great good job. job. I was up in the uh, media box on Monday night for the Eagles game. And of oh, 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 it's amazing how many of our colleagues and counterparts listen to this show. And hello to all of you. Don't admit it. But then <laughs> when I found out that you were all listening, just making you sure, it's nice. It's, it's a good measurement of interest inside your show when your peers, and there's nothing else on. I mean, there's no other show like it at 10 o'clock in WA. No. Um, you know, they're all just playing music. Um, and we're running a bit deeper than that with sport. And, and thank you to all those blokes who came up and said they'd miss me for on Monday and subsequently Tuesday, but loved Peter V. Yeah, Pete did a great job. Did a great job. Great job. But, um, Thanks, Pete. A big welcome back. No, thank you. That timely sting as well from yeah, Paddock. Yeah, that was good, Will. There yeah, well, we were waiting for something a little run a bit deeper than that. That's why the, it was a little bit of silence there. We thought there was going to be some sort of beautiful <laughs> said, hold music. on, boys, just wait. I've got a huge, awesome welcome back sting. <laughs> Didn't play it on time. Nah. Waited for you to come in yeah. then played it over you. He's yeah. a little bit rusty. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit rusty. Yeah, the timings. I don't leave as many gaps in my... Uh, in my uh, commentary than uh, to, to get these things in. So you've just got to come over the top, Pato. Um What do you got for us? What, what have we got coming up on the show today? A few bits and pieces. Hammer, Brayshaw, Hamish Brayshaw, of course, is going to jump in as he does every Wednesday. Talk about yep. West Coast Eagles waffle side, the waffle yep. in general. Yep. I imagine you'll be asking him about Andy Brayshaw. Yes. What's your mail? Our mail? My mail is very strong this morning walking into this building. Mm. That uh, and I haven't seen it, but the Dockers will be appealing the one I, week. Yeah, I haven't seen official word, but I'd be very surprised if they didn't yeah. appeal that one yeah. week. So we're going to go with it, and hopefully we'll find out before Hammer comes in because I am going to put it to him. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do it as a hypothetical anyway, even if he is in. <laughs> uh, Georgie Parker, of course. Oh, so GP really? will uh, join us. Yeah, she's got a, a few bits and pieces to Has chat she? about. Has she? So she's available, is she? She is, she is available. <laughs> she wasn't available Monday for Gillian Goss, but was available to get all over the top of social media at the same time that she would have been normally on air. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. It was one tweet. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like there that's... were follow-ups. Were there? Yeah, don't worry about that. Hey, Roy, I thank you. That. didn't pay attention. Welcome back, Goss. I'm still laughing from our Pav chat on Monday. Good laugh. We extend the lockdown for another seven days in Melbourne, but all good. Yes, I saw that, uh, Roy Boy. All the best to our Victorian audience who do 
switch over and listen to us, um, which is great news. Good morning. SNWA. Um, Tim Gossage here, and the other voice you hear it is a, a young man who's really starting to make his name <laughs> in the way. Is there any reason why you can't, you know, have your own show eventually? Do you, do you aspire to? I mean, you would, did have your own show on a, on a in a previous life. I did, and then you fell off the radar and ended up just being a you know, mic off, button pushing bloke, a bit yeah. like uh, Pato. Yeah, you know, and then you've got to know your spot. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I'd, I'd love to get back on air. I All mean, right. I'm on air right now. Obviously, this I is know. essentially my show now. So let, let's 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 what we will do during mm-hmm. the summer because we don't know what's happening. You know, when when Gil, Gilly goes into cricket mode, yeah, of which he has a requirement to be elsewhere. Yep. Um, let's discuss how we can inc- right. be a bit more inclusive. To sure. you. Because because my mum who mm. doesn't listen to this show, no, <laughs> no, couldn't care less. She likes the Gilly and Goss show. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. And she's a big fan of yours. But I think if I said Special K, hello Kellogg's, mm. is going to be more prominent, she'd say, oh, it'll probably lose its impact if he has too much head wobble time. A keen ear for radio. Mike from Palmyra, Morning Goss and Special K, happy Wednesday. Two points I would like to make. Hats off to Stephen Hill, a mm. quiet achiever and such a great talent. Good luck, Hilly. Also, it's sad to see Eddie Betts last night. We've got more on that coming up, Mike. We all, as a society, need to be better and kinder to each other. There needs to be harsher fines for any kind of abuse and publicly shame these keyboard warriors. Cheers to Michael Palmyra. Mike, that is going to resonate with our our guest after 11 o'clock. It absolutely will, which will be Dean Margetts. He's going to jump into the studio. He officially announced his retirement last night as well. So you'll uh, have a chat to him. It's going to be really interesting to hear about his career how he got into umpiring, how he stayed with umpiring. I think you've got to really be a really special kind of person to stick with umpiring. At that level. Absolutely. You know you're going to be copying abuse every single week, no matter what you do, and to stick with it and be uh, as efficient, I guess, at uh, at the gig as, as Dean has been. Just uh, an extraordinary individual. So I'm really looking forward to yeah, him too. jumping into the studio today. I think today. there will be emotion today. This is the first time he's spoken since announcing the retirement to yeah. the group last night. I'd love to get to the bottom of why, because he was in this studio three weeks ago and was hell-bent on going around again. Yeah. I suspect, and I have not had any contact with Dean whatsoever, apart from saying, can you come on or will you come on, that he wasn't offered a contract extension. Mm. Okay. And, you know, maybe it's just a turnover of umpires, the COVID world we're in, whatever the circumstances. But hopefully he's not lost to the game. And uh, I think the waffle could certainly do with Dean Margetts umpiring at a senior level mm. on field, not just being the head of umpire development, but actually on game day having an impact. I think he'd uh, – I look forward to chatting with Dean after 11. Yeah, really looking forward to it, listening to that. So if you've got questions, yeah. get them in as well, of course. The open line, 13 12 55, text. Not too quick. 0487. Yep. Seven three six, seven three six. You've got to slow down, mate. You, you're right, I because do. Because I've been given the big hurry up by the boss, and rightfully so. Thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. Call That's that the call number. number. Now, very quickly before I run away, Goss, and we get to our great content because we are going to hear from Eddie Betts on AFL three hundred and sixty last night. We mentioned Ange Postacoglu on Gillian Goss on Monday. And this is something I've been wanting to play, I think, for a week or so now. Number 10 on the list there, Pato. It's extraordinary. Now, it came out during the Olympics, so we didn't have time to play it, unfortunately. But on the back of a good win from Ange and Celtic on the weekend. 6-0. 6-0, baby. Dundee. I really wanted to play this because the Celtic fans, they're getting around him. 
Beautiful, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. Um, but you and Posta Coglu, that's just a beautiful rhyme to it, isn't it? Yes, it's gorgeous. Just auto-tuned to within an inch of its life. You can still hear that Scottish lilt behind it. It's a thing to behold. Uh, so Hamish Brayshaw, Georgie Parker coming up, Dean Margetts, and racing fans, pen and paper yes. at the ready. Ash Maley, who trained out of Lancelin for a long time and then went across the road to Jinjin, Got a remarkable setup. He trained three winners and a narrow second on Saturday. He's got six runners going around across the road here at Belmont Park after we come off air today. We're going to chat with Ash Marley, the red-hot trainer. Of course, everyone else is up in Broome. Yes. Up in Broome because they had the Ladies' Day yesterday and they got the Cup Day on the weekend. But all the other Metro trainers and jockeys have still got some work to do down here. Ash Maley before 11 o'clock. Mate, go out and take the calls because the phones are ringing off the hook. 13, 12, 55. Don't hang up. 13, 12, 55 or 0487 736 736. So the story that dominates the news at the moment is certainly racism in sport and any online abuse. And I'm going to have a little bit of a say here. Albeit, I think, Racial abuse is the worst type. There is some next-level abuse on social media for from a lot of people, some who are faceless and, for the want of a better word, gutless. And there are those who do put their face and their name to some of their abuse. And they think they must wake up in the morning and go, how can I upset someone today? How can I abuse someone today? How can I create a storm for no reason today? Well, they do, and they use social media, and then they often have this way of turning around saying, but I don't listen, or I don't care, or I don't watch, or I don't read. But you know they do. And they get on the front foot and they abuse people. They have no problems abusing anyone. And it comes a time where you think to yourself, can I name these people? Should we name them? And the thing is that I take advice from Gilly or Pav or anyone else who comes in the studio. It's a set and forget mentality, really. Let them have their moment because they'll eventually go away. Now, I know there are people who listen to this show who will go on social media and won't tag this show in and or me in and have a say about what I've said or my opinions or me the person or make up any stories they want. So abuse is not just racial abuse. Abuse is any form of public abuse. Now, there's passive abuse and there's um, all sorts of ways of delivering your message. But just a message to all of those people out there today who have woken up and we've all woken up in a good mood, a bad mood, to all those people who are doing it tough on the East Coast or in lockdown, whether you're in Perth in a Perth hotel, and we're going to be chatting with one a little bit later in the show. Try and get through the day where you just keep your fingers off your 
phone or off your keyboard and just, just give it 24 hours breathing space. And or like we do with a lot of our emails, is you write an email and you, you go to send it and you delete it. But you vent it and you've moved on and you got it out of your system. And I think before you hit send in a tweet or an Insta story or a Facebook post, just have a think about what value you get naming and attempting to shame and abusing someone. Because one day you'll be a grown-up and you will understand that what goes around comes around. And I would hate for it to happen to you or one of your family members. Eddie Betts had this to say on AFL 360 last night. It's been hard, to be honest, Jared. It, uh, um, it's been really tough to deal with, you know, especially when it comes to racism. Um, I've been dealing with this my whole life. My mother has, my father has. And it's tiring. Um, you know, it, it hurts. It's draining. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it actually really hurts, to be honest. I, I'm starting to get emotional. Um, just just talking about it here, uh, you know, everything that's happened over the last 48 hours to to the last week, you know, it's been it's been hard. And um, I reckon I just need everyone to really go on a journey um, to start educating, to start those conversations. You know, Taylor Walker's going on his journey at the moment, and. Um, I know what kind of person Taylor is, and you know he, he will hold um, to this account to his word. You know he, he will do this with 110 percent, and it, it 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 just hurts. And every year, you, you look at it last night, Cosy Pickett getting racially abused again over in Western Australia. I was racially abused last week and the week before that. I don't know if you saw my story in the Age, and it just keeps happening. Uh, I'm I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of fighting. Uh, it, it's it's draining. Uh, I've been on this show last year, pouring my heart out, begging, um, hoping Australia would listen, and uh, and it's it, it's it's hard. Uh, I mean, you know, we need to start having those conversations in the workplace, in the schooling. The only way we're going to move together as one is we start educating ourselves and, you know, I can't do it. I, I, I can't. It's, it's hard and, and I need everyone. I need you guys. I need people at home tonight that are watching this. You guys that are sitting on the couch, you guys are the ones that are going to be the powerful voice here. You guys are the ones that are going to make change um, because I can't keep doing it. You know, you hear me speaking about it year after year after year and, uh, it's not. It's nothing's going to change. So, it's it's up to you guys to make change. People sitting at couches, start those conversations in home. Start it with your friends, your families. Call out racism when you see it, because there's no room for racism in Australia. And and we as Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people are sick. Are sick of fighting. We are. We're we're sick of fighting because it just keeps happening, happening and happening and happening and. And I'm tired, guys. I, I, I honestly am. I said to a lot of the, the Indigenous boys that it's this. It, it's it's getting to me. It really is. And, and and I'll keep fighting, no matter what. No matter how emotional I get. No matter how drained I am. I'll fight. I'll fight for my people. I'll fight for the next generation of young Aboriginal kids that come in to play AFL footy to make this a safe safe place 
for us to come and enjoy the game that we love. I don't know how many times, though, that I've got to front up to talk about it, to fight about it. We, we, need, we need the rest of Australia to, to stand up, to, to fight, to stamp it out, because there is no room for racism in Australia. 13.6 degrees in Perth. It's 23 past 10. Thanks for your company. We're here till midday. Don't forget, after 11 o'clock, we are chatting with Dean Margetts, AFL umpire, who has announced his retirement. And don't forget, we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. It's roasted in Melbourne. It's crafted by baristas. It's smooth, rich, with a hint of sweet berry. Sounds like a combination of our next guest and myself, Georgie Parker, and myself. Roasted in Melbourne, crafted by baristas, smooth and rich. I'm the smooth guy. She's the rich girl with a hint of sweet berry. Hello, Georgie. Hello. Very good intro there. You're you're the king of the segues, aren't you? It is surprising that it's only, what, 13 over there? A a warm 19 over here in Melbourne. Mm. So Mm. we don't often get to do that. I have that one Mm. over you guys. Yeah, it was bitterly cold (laughs) yesterday here. Even I was uh, forced to wear a long sleeve shirt. Now, Georgie Parker, first things first, this is my first chat with you since... The rejection of the Monday slot that a lot of people listen to on Gillian Goss. And the fact is it was brought to my attention by a number of listeners who are already keen to get um, on today's show and have a chat to you. 0487 736 736 or ask a question, that is. Said, Goss, did you know that when you and Gilly were on, Georgie was on social media, but you said that she was having a well-deserved break. Can you find the reason why that she didn't want to be on the number one <laughs> breakfast show on a Monday? Georgie, you have the airspace. Oh what would you like to say, Georgie? <laughs> I was in bed and I'd just been speaking out loud for a very long time. <laughs> I needed my little voice box to have a little bit of a rest. I didn't want to do it with your <laughs> riffraff that you come on there. I was sick of talking to children, so <laughs> no, I just needed a little break. It was a really big, really big fortnight, yeah. of course, and it was yeah. just so successful, of course, as a, as a oh, you, you, you all of a sudden <laughs> went into Hollywood mode. Look at you go. We pumped you up. We said how proud we were of you, and then we had this wonderful opportunity to talk about the Olympic experience the next day. Andrew Gaze can come on. Henry Gaze yeah. can come on, but not Georgie yeah. Parker. I was also working a whole lot of other jobs that that entire oh, fortnight. Yeah. So look, look, Goss, I apologise. That's okay. But I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there it is, Georgie Parker. Hey, Georgie, um, let's get serious. Racism in football won't go away. We know this Taylor oh. Walker situation. Um, the the apology with Robbie Young in the stand and the hand on the shoulder and the lean on Robbie and lean on the AFL. Um, how did you see? I mean, you're a, you're a Crows oh, fan. You're a Taylor Walker I fan. Am. What, what's your, what's been your overview? We know racism is still alive uh, and not well in our industry, and we know it, and in that community, yeah. not just football. Give us your spin, so to speak, on on how this has all played out for Taylor oh. Walker. Well, just seeing that from a guy who is clearly, well, should be so educated in that space because of the rich history that Indigenous players have at not just that club, but throughout the AFL, 
it's just so disappointing, not just as a Crows fan, but as somebody who's a fan of the game, isn't it? Um, that you just have to see a, a tearful Eddie Betts who's just done so much for in this space and for the game. And it's just saying he's just sick of it. It's just so embedded in society, isn't it? That, um, that it's just such an off-the-cuff comment. It's said, said so flippantly and so easily out of somebody who should know better. It's just so disappointing. Um, and, you know, we're sick of it. Can you just imagine how the Indigenous players, mm. Indigenous community are sick of it? It's it's just not okay, not acceptable. Um, and that apology itself, it just looked very scripted. And I think, to be honest, I think damned if he did, damned if they don't in that situation mm. either. He doesn't say anything and he gets slammed or he does and he gets slammed for being scripted. But it just didn't look well. You know, Robbie's behind him and has to be the one that comforts him. It just didn't look good. Um, and, you know, he he should know better and he does know better, but he acted against his better judgment because he, he does know better. Everyone knows better. Yeah, and the Crows won't confirm whether he will be at the club next year, which is a fair yeah. to play out, of course. Hey, what about this Toby Green tax? Of course, he's been given one week. Now, we are hearing mixed reports in regards to Andrew Brayshaw. Now, we were under the impression that the Dockers were very much keen to appeal his one week mm. for the eye gouge or the hand in the face. Now, we're led to believe, I'm hearing from a good source, that the club will not appeal and he will miss the derby. But we've had no confirmation mm. from the official channels, but we are working on that. So I don't want to fly a kite and get the Dockers fans' uh, hopes yeah. up or the Eagles fans' hopes up. But what about the Toby Green tax? Um, he got a week off. I honestly believe at no stage was his intention to put the elbow yeah. up into the throat of Paddy Dangerfield. Not at all. And I think Toby Green gets the rough end of the pineapple more often than not. Yeah, he does. And it's, it's that, I guess, history of being, you know, going on to that very close to that line. Um, but it's frustrating when, you know, a week prior, Buddy Franklin gets off the, you know, a similar kind of movement. There's, you know, doctors are saying that he had 0.12 of a second to make a decision of what he's doing. That's not enough time to process what's, what's actually going to be an outcome of it. And that, you know, all the players, all the coaches are saying that that's just a footy movement. Now, I believe that they had to put in their appeal today to see if they can go to the next step of appeals. And I think they're doing that, um, which is good because I don't, you know, I'm all for safety. I'm all for protecting the head. Um, but there's going to be situations where movements happen um, and Dangerfield is okay as well. That's something that we've got to be, if we're going to be mm. outcome-based, Danger is okay and will be playing next week. So it would be disappointing if in a really important match, GWS and Richmond, a very important match, and that shouldn't play into the account either, but it would be disappointing that if he were to miss out a match, he's missing out a very important match that could decide final spots at either of those two sides. Andrew Brayshaw, uh, we've just been informed officially, Fremantle will not appeal the decision. Andrew Brayshaw Brayshaw. will not be playing in the Derby. His brother is in the studio in about 15 minutes' time. Uh, Hamish will have a chat to him as well. All right, a couple of other topics. We are running late for news, but we'll get there eventually, of course. The Kia news, (laughs) thanks to the boys at Bunbury Kia, Jonesy and the boys uh, down there. Jones boys at Bunbury Kia, great people, amazing cars, great supporters of SEN Spirit. Who will come out of the Games as a rock star? We're talking the Olympics from Tokyo. 
the Olympics. Well, I think there's going to be well, with Paddy Mills clearly already a yep. rock star, yep. but he's absolutely skyrocketed. And isn't it good to see the you know we we're just speaking about racism in sport, but just how great our Indigenous athletes are. You've got Ash Barty, you've got Paddy Mills, you've got Eddie Betts. Name me three more likable people than them. I, I, I struggle to. It's um, mm. I mean, you've got Adam Gilchrist that you sit with a couple of times a week. He'd be up there mm. with likable sports people. But mm. honestly, those three people, the way they go about their sport, how they go about, um, you know, off their off field, off court ways about everything as well, like mm. incredible. So you've got you've got the, those people, of course. But then you've got Peter Bowl. Um, you know, he was incredible, wasn't he? Jess yeah. Fox, she's going. She's no better real. Um, role model for young women, I guess, especially than a Jess Fox, who's smart, gorgeous, good at her sport, speaks so well. Um, but there's a lot of um, a lot of good news stories came out of this. There wasn't much bad, um, and so it's going to be interesting. And I think if you're talking about worldwide, little Sky Brown, the 12 year old or 13 year old yeah. that won skateboarding, I watched her social media over this. She went over there with about 600,000 followers. She's already got one and a half million mm. after her gold medal performance. So the younger sports, I know that you aren't a fan of them. They're not traditional, but geez, they get <laughs> eyeballs onto the screen. No, nah, they do. They do. I, I want cricket I, there. I want cricket there. Oh, well, so you, you want traditional in some ways, but not in others, yeah. right? Yeah, I want real sports, <laughs> not recreation. Just, why don't we have chess? Well, why don't we have chess in <laughs> Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, but they're pushing for... LA, they're pushing for LA for cricket. Yeah, why not Twister? Put Twister in it. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Goss. Why don't you start? Why don't you go to the IOC and ask them? I'm gonna. Thank you. Last one for you. <laughs> yeah, you. Did, did you did you do the census last night? I did do the census. How'd you I go? Did. How'd you do? I actually quite like it. It's actually quite soothing to be answering these questions. I don't know. Is it my weird? Sister, is that weird? My, no, no, it's good. My daughter Abby did all of ours on on our behalf last night. Oh, there you go. Good. It's nice to have a little assistant at home. Yeah, yeah. She wanted to know how Slave much money labor. I, she wanted to know how much money I earn, and I just went, "Well, that's a bit of an issue at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I was. <laughs> the last census and this census, there was forever. You could drive a truck through the difference. Um, that's what, it. COVID, what questions COVID, weren't COVID. asked? What questions would you like to be asked on the census that weren't asked? Oh, I think something a couple that divide the nation, and that's is it Palmy or Palmer? What do you reckon? I don't have it. Oh, you know what? I can't even recall. I have a, we're having a palmer, a palmy. I, I, I reckon I'm line ball. I reckon I chop and change depending on the day of the week. Well, that's strange. I say palmy, but I actually, the other day <laughs> when I was allowed to go to a pub here, I called it a palmer mm. and I thought this transition to becoming Victorian is well on its way and I did nah, not feel see, I would say it. palmy. I would say palmy. If you're asking palmy, me now I, with, with a bit of clean air, I would say palmy. Yep. Palmy. I say palmy. And then the other one is a potato cakes, potato scallops, potato. What else is there? What else? What, what else? Potato cakes. Potato cakes. Potato, potato cakes. Scallops. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Don't know. There's, there's a whole lot of ones that do divide the nation. And I guess the only thing I do know that is it's not Lego, it's Lego. And I know I say that one wrong. Oh, what about people who say yogurt? Well, that's weird. Well, they say yogurt that's and muesli. Weird, and muesli. <laughs> they say muesli, not muesli, and news, and not news. And one of those is Oscar Allen from the Eagles. He says news, and he says, get me a new car. And the other person who says new 
is Alex Paddo, who pushes our buttons here at SENWA. He says news. He says news as well. Weird. Weird. Hey, good Weird. chat. Well, these are the questions yes. that we need in the census. Yes. On the next I'll write, census. I'll, I'll write to the government and ask. All right. Well, I hope you're well enough to come on the radio um, on Monday with I me and the be. Gilster. All right. We look forward I to that I will chat. be. Thank you Thank for you. the day off. I I love her. Georgie Parker (laughs) joins us, of course. Does a great job. Thanks to McCafe. Try the new blend roasted in Melbourne, crafted by baristas at Smooth Rich and with a hint of sweet berry. Just confirming, Fremantle has informed the AFL the club will not appeal last night's AFL tribunal decision to uphold Andrew Brayshaw's one-game suspension. General Manager of Football, Peter Bell, said no grounds of appeal that led to a realistic chance of success under the AFL's criteria. Error of law, classification of offence was manifestly excessive or inadequate. Or the sanction imposed was manifestly excessive or inadequate. After the tribunal's decision last night, the club and its tribunal representatives re- uh, considered the grounds for the appeal and have made the decision to accept the finding. Peter Bell. Here is the news. Thanks to Kia and the Jones boys, Bunbury Kia. Great people, amazing cars. Welcome back to Sporting Goss. We're talking WFL football with Hammer Brayshaw, the captain of the West Coast Eagles waffle team, who had a week off and now play a bizarre time for a Waffle League game at 11.40 up there at Joondalup at Provident Financial Oval against West Perth. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me back, Goss. Yeah, it is a bit of a weird one. Feels like I'm playing Colts footy again. Uh, <laughs> waking up, kicking the Jew off the deck. But uh, no, it'll be a good game, a nice little week off, refresh, and uh, hopefully you should have a good team in. And momentum too. You were under. You were in a bit of form going into that break. Yeah, we uh, we were having a look at last night at training. I think in the last six weeks we're coming, or if the latter was over six weeks under the last six, we'd be, I think, second behind West Perth. So it'll um, it'll be a good game, certainly. What's there to achieve in the last couple of games for the West Coast Waffle? Uh, I think for us, I mean, finals is out of contention, but I think for us, it's just setting a brand of footy that we, you know, we can maintain uh, regardless of AFL personality or personnel, sorry. Uh, I think the start of the year, we sort of had a couple of games where we were in it for two quarters and then got smacked. And so if we, you know, if we've got 16 quarters of footy left, if we can play 15 of 16, that's probably what we're looking to do. Set ourselves up for a good brand of footy that can be recognised and then bleed that into next year. A lot of questions without notice. Hammer Brayshaw, our guest. So let's talk about players that you think have benefited from their waffle experience, excluding your waffle top-ups. Yep. Talk about just your AFL-listed players. Yep. Who do you think has used the waffle system to the best of their advantage to further their career, whether they've been giving lots of games or whether they are up in the top team right now or where you see them going in the future? Uh, off the, Harry Edwards, for mine, would probably be the number one this year. I think he's when he's come back and played waffle foot, he's played to a you know an elite standard and really had to play on the best forward that you know they've the other teams have had, and that has seen him in good steady played on the weekend. I'm um, not sure what happens where TB sort of fits into it if he comes back to the waffle or not, but um, yeah, I think Harry's really relished that opportunity. Same as uh, Luke Foley, I think has mm. really really done some things. Um, ben Johnson's another one that I think's been playing some really good waffle footy and really enjoying the. You know, he's, he hasn't played in too many games over the last sort of year and a half. We had scrimmage last year and he said the first win we had this year was his first win in nearly two years. So, you know, he's <laughs> just getting continuity in his football, I think, has been really, really good for him. Do you see him as an AFL player? Oh, I do. I mean, I, I do. I think he's... You're not on list management. I get all that. But do you no. think he is what West Coast... He's got dash. Uh, he's got a bit of courage. Yep. Um... I reckon he's got some flexibility too. He can play back. I reckon he can play through mid because of his speed. Um, and it's not the Ben Johnson, but he does have the speed of Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you do you see a future for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I think for him, I think the the development that you, you sort of get 
in the first two years, I think some blokes, it's different. So some guys can come in and they're developed within, you know, six months and they're ready to go. Whereas I think it's taken Ben until this point to be at his, you know, where he probably needs to be. And he's playing some really good footy. You watch him play Waffle, he's, he's all over the place. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows where to go. He can play forward. He can play back. Um, I certainly see him having some potential at the next level. I think at this level that he's at, I think Caleb Daniels is a sort of player that's pretty similar to him, small yep. player in the defense that really uses the ball. Ben's a great kick. He takes out kick-ins because he can, you know, really use the footy. So I think he's developed to a point now where he's, you know, d- definitely got budding potential. So I'd, um, I'd hang on to him, but I'm not least manager. I tell you what, you've been spoiled with them. Um, and I don't know how it's worked for you uh, as a brother, but it's been, you sport Angus was here on the weekend. You've got Andrew living here, of course, we see a lot of, um, and you know, playing footy and, and Melbourne had a win and Frio didn't, you know, sort of, uh, were a little bit off in patches. Um, at the end of the day, um, how are the boys going? How How's Angus going? He must be excited about where Melbourne's at. Yeah, they're going well. I mean, they're both in a position. Andrew's playing really good personal footy, yeah, but... uh, and the team is sort of going in the right direction, and Angus is at a point now where they're, you know, they're real contenders. So he's uh, Angus is enjoying it. I, I didn't get to see him because he was in quarantine, mm. and I think he's already on the boat. They left back, yeah, straight they left after. last night, the Red Eyes, so straight he's after. back in Melbourne now. But, um, no, he's playing really good footy in his Different role, role isn't yeah, it? Different role. Have you spoken to him about the change? Because he was a hardcore midfielder. Yep. He was a part of that Oliver Petrarca system yep. and probably still is in a roundabout way. But yep. he's a bit more out the back or he's a bit more he's, – he's an option. He's almost a wide option winger now. And, and I think he's – I don't think he got a lot of the ball the other night, but I think he still has a pretty significant part of that win. Yeah, so um, do I. I mean, I think for him uh, the role has changed from 2018 to now. He was an out-and-out midfielder inside, yeah. and now he's more that defensive wing sort of role. I think the way he uses the footy is probably the best on that side. Outside, yep. I mean, Stephen May can kick the ball really, really well, but I think Angus can see – He's really good on both sides of his body. Yeah. He can see the ball really well, see the play, and can you know watch it unfold in front of him and help out that way. I think he's really relished that role now. He's accepted that that's what he you know if he wants to win a premiership, which is what the Melbourne Footy Club are trying to do, he's going to have to make that his own. And I think he has he is doing that. Mm. Didn't get a whole lot of the footy on the weekend, uh, sorry on Monday night, but used it well and really helps them and sets their defence up, which I think is. You know, he's taking that on board and, and, you know, they're rolling with it. So he's uh, he's in a good spot. That was bizarre Monday night, wasn't it? Were you there? Yeah, I was there. It was there. bizarre. So, so I was doing the commentary with Hayes and I noticed something about three or four minutes prior. I was watching yep. down the bench. I could see a bit of commotion. I saw Peter Staples from the Eagles. I saw the Melbourne official. Then I saw yep. Tony, the ground manager. I saw these conversations and mobile phones and I'm thinking it's either a COVID breakout yep. and we're all going to get in trouble and we're going to be locked down for two weeks. Something's happening. And when you're inside the stadium, now I don't know where you were seated. Did you know there had been lightning? So I was behind the goals, uh, the, Mel- the the behind the end that West Coast were kicking in the last quarter. So I was behind that end and you, I saw about three bolts of lightning. So the thunder, because the stadium was loud, you couldn't really hear the thunder that yeah. went along with it. So you could just see flashes and blink and you miss it. But there was, I reckon there was about three. Okay. And then... The weather warning, obviously, everyone went off. Yeah. And for the next 30 minutes, it was the calmest 30 minutes of the night. It was the best 30 minutes. We could have got the game out. And- <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. There was nothing. It was, you know, calm and there was no rain and it was perfect. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I mean, that's the second weather warning I've been a part of. JLT 2000, last year in against Essendon. So I was told I was only going to play a half a footy. How many are you going to come on in the second half? No worries, no worries. That happens a lot in JLT with the young fellas. Yeah. So I'm out there, you know, ready to go, prepped up, <laughs> halfway through the second quarter. You can see these clouds coming over the hills and it's dark and it's like, oh, geez, here we Was go. Was that an MRP? Yep, lightning, lightning. This. We go into the shed and it's, you know, righto boys, AFL officials have said that we, we might have to put this on hold because of lightning. Everyone's sort of joking around, oh, Hammer, you're getting up for your first JLT game, you're not going to get out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's the second weather warning I've been a part of. 59 minutes and 29 seconds. So officially the longest quarter of football ever was yep. Monday night in the AFL, according to Sir Swamp Thing. But he did yep. say the lights went out at one and it was 
the game was delayed into a second day. So well, he said, probably, yeah. that's probably that, got it yeah, covered. Yeah, certainly, if they kept the clock, <laughs> if they kept the clock rolling, that would be uh, a 24 hour. All righty, let's get our teeth into just quickly the other round of fixtures and we're getting down to the business end. Subiaco, just quickly, Subiaco, remarkable that they would come home and be so far behind early. Ben Sokol with six and the winning goal. Um, Claremont is still going to be very hard to beat, but gee, I tell you what, Subi to storm over the top of them, but Claremont also to give up such a big lead, they'd be hurting. Yeah, they would be. I mean, for Subiaco, I think, and they did it against us when we had our, you know, the best team we've just about ever put on the park. We were 30 points up going into the last quarter and we only won by five points. So they're a team that doesn't stop. No matter what the scoreline is, they're always going to give the same Sokol said their fitness is the key. Oh, they are. They, they, yeah, they run, Kitchen, uh, Clark, they all, and Sokol even gets up and down the yeah, ground better than most. But um, they are, yeah, they're a, a powerhouse and they're going to be very, very hard to beat. All righty. Subiak, and interesting, gee, it was a bit in that game too. With, yeah, there was. Uh, with Mitch of, uh, and yeah, Kitch. A couple of boys rubbed out, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mitch has finally got back into the team and then he got two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Poor bugger. Anyway, um, the sole survivor from the 2011 Premiership team, there's a Claremont reunion. There were three Premiership reunions on Friday night, which I'm involved with, and Mitch is the sole survivor of 2011. It said, and it says on the, my notes, and uh, Kane Mitchell is the only one still playing. And I said, question mark. <laughs> yeah, well, he's how many off 100? I think he's, he's uh, I don't know, a but it's couple, not, four, not, three or four yeah, of 100 well, games. He needs to get back he in the to team. back in the team and, and play a few finals. Exactly right. So at the moment, so that loss for Cle- uh, Claremont drops them back to third. So it's a bit of a yep. harsh one for them. All righty, just quickly, Subi play East Shamandle. East Shamandle have been better in patches, but their worst is not good enough yep. and their best is good enough. But what do you make of this game that's at Leadville Oval? Yep, I think Subiakov uh, reclaimed top spot and I don't think they're uh, going to want to let it go. Nothing can change in the top five, but Swans are at home to East Perth and it's fair to say East Perth have been the big improver. Yeah, they've been rolling. I mean, I really like the way they're going about it. Uh, it's at Swan Districts, yep. however, which Still is blue. a really, really tough ground to play at for anyone. Yep. Uh, I think they are rolling. It'll be a close game, but I think Swans will You play hear that on SEN Radio. I didn't know a Jenga Jenga left. Neither did He's I. He's in the country. I saw him was in the country... Is he Bush and Burbs? I saw. Well, him. I mean, we didn't. I didn't. We, I haven't played him once this year, so it sort of makes sense. But I saw um, him playing early. I thought, geez, um, he's still got the body shape and the vigour to probably play at a better level. But uh, whether he's got the dedication, I'm not exactly sure. There you go. No disrespect. Uh, uh, you'd say that Perth. They've had a wretched run of it. Um, they they've their fall from grace has been enormous. I mean, they were. I know it's injuries. I know, but your depth has got to be better than that. Yeah, it does. I mean. Yeah, it is a hard one because it ha- they have really dropped off, but the, the injuries that they've had have all been their very, very best players. So yep. they're playing, you know, half a seconds team and they're playing a couple of Colts kids. So they are, they're trying, but um, it is really difficult when, you know, I think they've got four, what have they got, 10 plus yeah. injuries to their best players. So it's always going to be tough. Yeah, reserves are third on the ladder. Not that, you know, the difference between reserves and league is pretty uh, pretty mm. big. Um, can you beat West Perth? I mean, you gotta say yes. Yeah, but, I, mean, I think so. I you mean, talked about how good they're in. They're in, they're in form. They have a yeah. chance to to jump up to third if possible. They're in red hot form. I think the way that they played us at the start of the year, they absolutely smacked us. But we were, you know, in our infant stage of the you season. Were. I think we're a lot different than we are then, and this will be the big test for us. So I mean, the, the work we've put into our team defence and the way you know the way we've been able to stop teams scoring against us has been probably the hallmark of our last six weeks. Um, I think in rounds one to 10, we were averaging 132 points against. And now <laughs> in the last six rounds, it's been 67. So, you know, we've really put That's a lot of work big. in there. Yeah, massive. That big. is big. We've put a lot of work into our team defense and everyone's buying in from our waffle level to our AFL level. So 
and these guys move the ball the best of anyone. So this is going to be, you know, the big test for us. If we can get it right, then we're in with a sniff. Um, but they're, you know, on their day, they'll be able to smack anyone. So it's a, uh, it's going to be a big game. Today is Wednesday. Can you give an insight? Do you think you'll get any of the injured players back? And are you looking? Will Willie Rioli play waffle? Do you think? Jeez, now this is a question for the match committee. I'm not sure. I I would personally play him straight away at the AFL level if we need him. So it'll be Brisbane, won't it? Yeah, it'll be the week, the week after. after. It'll be yeah. Brisbane for us. Uh, what about Fair Derby AFL. if he'd come back? <laughs> it'll be Brisbane for the AFL and Peel uh, Peel for us. Yeah. I mean, if we're if we're needing to win a game at AFL level to make finals, I just it's going to be hard to leave Willie mm. Rioli in the waffle. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, he uh, he should with you know our extended season get at least two games for us. It, regardless of what happens at mm. AFL level. So. Lots of retirements in the AFL, but also a retirement in the Waffle. I see uh, Will Schofield. Schofield, yeah. He, uh, what's he done? Broken Broke his back. back. Yeah, a couple of he mentioned it back. on his <clears throat> on his podcast. I don't listen to it. I wouldn't have any idea where to find it. <laughs> Not a huge fan. Uh, but um, I'm led to believe he didn't, never came back. In the, and it's, look, you don't wish bad things on anyone, but that's a pretty, that's a nasty injury. We can only oh, yeah. wish him going forward, but it doesn't inhibit anything that he does in the future. Yeah, I mean, I've personally never broken a back, but no. uh, it'd be certainly something that I wouldn't want to do. It's harsh, isn't it? When you have broken my back, yeah. people, and you know, I've had neck, yeah. but I haven't had the back. And um, look, he was adding something down at Peel. And I mean, I know they've another team that hasn't quite got yeah. it right with their AFL listed players and injuries and stuff. He would have added a lot to that footy club in with his experience and premiership experience from West Coast. Yeah, he would. He's a, you know, he's a really good football player and yeah. a really good football mind and, and brings a lot of, I mean, he was really good for the culture of whatever club he would have been at. So I think that'll be a big loss for them culture wise. They're not in, you know, they're another team that's not in the best form. So having him there would have certainly helped, but I mean, he's, you know, he's played Close to 200 AFL yeah, games. Wonderful and career. Got phenomenal the best career. Best, uh, he's won a premiership and now he's broken his back. I don't yeah. think he can ask too much more. No, nah, certainly not. Um, uh, he doesn't look, strike me, last one, doesn't have the demeanour to be a coach. You've got to be, a bit, you've got to be a little bit calmer, I'd imagine. Uh, I'm not sure. What, what and he's had his run in with the coaches over the years, Yeah, he has. <laughs> I mean, he would, to his credit, he would have a very interesting perspective as a coach because yeah. he has had some, you know, he's had some personal relationships that have been good and not so good as a coach, as, as a player. Sam Mitchell might get him because he's done it. He, he did a very good apprenticeship yeah. with Sam saying that he was the best coach he's ever had. And for, without Sam, they don't win the flag. Yeah. And, and, he, and then all of a sudden he put in the word assistant coach. He left out that initially in the first quote. Yep. Yep. So I think and Sam, if Sam's looking for a development coach and, and, and Scoey wants to go back to Victoria... You never know. Yeah, you never know. He, he would bring a really different light on a development <laughs> role, funny, I think. I and he'd be, you know, I, I think if you if he was a development coach and you happened to be an 18-year-old backman, <laughs> backman, especially that got drafted, I think he'd be great for you. But, I do. You know, we'll see how he goes. And your butt wouldn't touch the seat <laughs> after he'd given you a rev up. Thanks for coming in. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Hammer Brayshaw does it well and uh, keep an eye on them. On the weekend, that's right, Sunday, 11.40. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> But the best work will be done, PM. This is Sporting Goss. Welcome back. Three past 11. Tim Gossage with you. Thanks to the news. Thanks to Kia. Kia News today at the Jones Boys Bunbury Kia. Great people. Amazing cars. And our news break, always good. Someone washed my cup the other day too. Special K, I noticed. The McCafe cup was washed. McCafe coffee. Try McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. Going through AFL records and I was looking at Brent Harvey, 432 games. Michael Tuck, 427. I was going down the list to number seven. Simon Madden, 378 games. And then there's a gap of three games to 375, Craig Bradley. But you can slot in someone who's about to do his 377th game on the weekend. 
happens to be his last. It will be in a derby on Sunday, 377 AFL Games. Dean Margetts is kind enough to join us. Welcome. Thank you, Tim. And it's great. People can't obviously see you, but to see um, <laughs> your green shirt on in front of me. When I walked in the door, it, it brought a massive smile to my face. So thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Uh, the shirt, uh, the Indigenous umpire shirt that you gave to me with some wonderful words on it for uh, me being a, well, a mate and a supporter of umpiring in general. But uh, more so now, I know that you are right here, right now, probably um, feeling a little bit, melancholy. A couple of weeks ago, you were told that um, this year would be your last. Yes, it was. Um, it... When did it happen? Tell you, can you, would you like to share? And I understand it's, it's an emotional time and this yeah. is the first time you've spoken publicly mm. about it. Has come out through the, the media today. You announced your retirement last night. Um, time and dates, please. Because I, I, I Can I just hold your hands through this? Been there, done that, yeah. and, you, and you're never ready for it. Yeah, well, so I, I've always said, I think most people I speak to, that I've always had aspirations to try and be that first 50-year-old AFL umpire. I think I've got the body and the um, the capabilities to do so. And no, I had a contact from our list manager a couple of weeks ago and sort of they gave me um, the heads up that they weren't looking to contract me for next year. And they gave me some time to think and reflect on where I was at as a person and as an umpire. And over that two weeks, um, I guess with the uncertainty of COVID um, and a lot of things, I had to sort of work out, well, what, what do I want to do now? And I've had a great run at it, 20 years. I mean, not many people can say they've done that at the AFL, and I've been so overwhelmed by um, the messages I've got from far and wide. We'll get to those a bit later, I'm sure. Um, so I thought, when they sort of put to me, look, you know, is this a good time for you? And I, I spoke to family and friends, and the Western Derby, um, in front of 50,000 people at a, at a packed Optus when... Um, and to the AFL de- umpiring department, they offered me to umpire the last game in Melbourne, but I could see no benefit there. There's no point in me going to Melbourne to umpire at Marvel Stadium in front of nobody, no family, no friends, um, no social media haters from Perth. So I thought, uh, what better way to go out? Now, I've built some extremely um, strong professional relationships. I want to make that clear. Professional relationships with um, the Fremantle Footy Club and the West Coast Footy Club from administrators to coaches to players to boot studders to uh, property stewards to, you know, people I could walk past on the street and they would say, g'day, Dana, and I could say, g'day, you know, whoever. And and that's what um, fills me with a lot of joy and a lot of fulfilment. And um, I hope that on s- Sunday, and as much as it's, it's my final game, it's also Stephen Hill's final game. I think it's Dave Mundy's 350th. And, um, you know, Shannon Hearn's 300th. You know, these players, I've umpired their whole careers. I see them come in as fresh-faced 18-year-olds, and I've had that whole journey with them. So I hope um, – I'm not asking for a ticker tape farewell, but I certainly want to get out to as many players as I can and just shake their hand and look them in the eye and say, look, thanks for allowing me to be part of your career and your journey. Would it be normal, and I say this with tongue firmly planted in the cheek, that when you leave the ground and there's no – you might get a bit of an umpire lineup from the few umpires that might be there, or whatever it may be. You won't get the the, the big sausage because that will be Stephen Hill's moment, and or whatever it may be. David Mundy equaling Pav's record, or as we mentioned, well, Shannon is not going to play, but you know you did the other day. Um, you might get booed off. It might be the fitting way to go, Dean. Do you reckon they'll boo me off? Really? I reckon they're going to. I think that like they may boo me off, but I think next year they're going to go. Where's Mark Etz gone? We miss him. So all We've got my... no energy. We've got all this pent-up energy. We didn't, we can't... Uh, Dean, I'm going to ask you this question. When you umpired on the weekend, yep. and um, so with a couple of weeks knowing that this was going to be your last, did you umpire differently? Did you see or hear things differently? Do you, did you mind, has your mind been cleared of, of, of I don't know, of, of stuff? Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely completely different preparation for me. Um, driving to the ground, it was like, 
this is going to be weird. Uh, and, and it was, uh, but w- walking out there, when you sort of get to the, onto the field and you get the ball in your hands and you're about to start the game, you just get into game mode. I've done it 377 times. I know when the chime goes, I know when the rucks start going, I know what I just, know, it just, you just do it. I don't even think about it, but there were moments on the weekend where I, I was close to the fence at times around boundary throw-ins and I could just, it was like the crowd noise went quiet and I could hear every sort of comment, you know, you know, Margets, take off your West Coast socks and, you know, your mum's done this and all this sort of stuff. And I, I could tell it was a 10-year-old boy's voice. I could tell it was a 45-year-old woman's voice. I could tell it was a 60-year-old bloke's voice in the corner. It was just, I've never felt that before. Now, I'm not sure if that was my mind subconsciously checking out of football or the environment, but certainly it was a different feeling for me. And I thought, wow, that's, I haven't had that before. You've never heard the abuse before. I've heard it, but it, it wasn't. It was. It's a. It's a part of a bigger picture. It's a part of background noise, and you hear things. And but on the weekend in the Freo Brisbane game, it was like everything just got really quiet, and and I could just hear things. And yeah, so it was. Um, as much as I appreciate their feedback, <laughs> it's always a three sixty feedback from there. I can't give any back. And there were times I I considered sort of turning around, going, "Did you know it's my second last game? Would it have changed their mind? Probably not." But. Um, like I've enjoyed the banter with um, people over the fence. I get it. I mean, some people probably look forward to coming and seeing me and having a crack at me because that's their... Well, they do. They, you know, they, they do. Now, you don't take in social media like I do, no. and I'm, I don't tweet anymore, but I do read it. They've been pretty brutal again today, and they don't get it. They don't get it. And I've, messy, and I've made a comment earlier. They don't get it. And when I, But there's also some beautiful messages. Don't get me wrong. Is this about time? Good riddance? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that'll make Fremantle certainties now in the Derby. Hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because you're an Eagles man <laughs> and your ex-wife worked there and, you know, <laughs> and you're on the payroll. Um, I'm going to need to find another job too. So that payroll thing, if anyone's out there needs a former AFL umpire to do something, I'm good at mowing lawns. I, I rake gardens. There's all sorts What about of... the barista down in the Fremantle Cappuccino strip? They'd love you down but there. But I don't like coffee, so I wouldn't be good. Yeah, but could, you can still make a good I coffee. I can make a coffee. I'm a, I love milkshakes. I could do some frothy milkshakes. <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask you some serious stuff right. right now. Does the abuse... Did the abuse? You got one game to go. Mm. It got to be mindful. You still got no game to go. Absolutely, so you're, you're, and, it's a, and it's a significant game. It's a huge it's a game. massive game. It's a massive game. And you can be honest with me, and you're probably going to be more honest when we go and have a coffee and a beer. Mm. Oh no, a beer because you don't do coffee. I'll have a, a coat, no sugar. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same as you. That's what I get this body from. <laughs> did it get to you? Do you even if you heard it second or third hand? Uh, uh, no, it didn't. Um, the, the 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 ground the ground stuff I think that's part of the the banter yep. it's it's probably the it's social the theater, it's right. the it's the theatre and I, and I ball and maggots this and maggots that you got caught a green maggot when you left the studio a month ago yeah I did or three blokes in a car yeah in the car park yeah so is that a badge of honour is that because you're recognised um yeah bit of bat bit which of is bat. probably a, a good thing but I guess it's it's probably more the stuff you get on your phone that yep. people during games go out of their way to find your name to leave a message and I think. Jeez, I, the fact you're thinking that, is that where phones and social media's got to in our world where hang over the fence and give us the best you got? That's fine. i got no problem. But to get to do it, find your phones and I find that odd. Um, at times it does wear you down a bit. And I've found at times I've responded to a few um, where I just said, you know, do you understand that if you know, I'm just a normal human being, do you, it's people like you who sometimes can cause, you know, the, the battles that some people face in the community with uh, mental health challenges. Now I've got a pretty tough skin, um, but certainly, yeah, it does wear you down at times. How are you coping right now? So we're in the last week. It's Wednesday. Sunday's your last AFL game. 
how you're going to train, how you're going to focus. Mm. Your phone's been going ballistic. Yeah. I know it's been a really rugged morning. You've probably had other, got other media requirements to go. Yeah. Um, and we've got a uh, – we've just been gener- uh, reminded just quickly that uh, our SEN McCafe is being installed here in the SEN studio, and we are looking for a barista. Wow. I'm going to leave my um, I'm going to leave my CV. I can see a, uh, a gentleman out there smiling at me, saying, "We could get markets in a green shirt, just flip a few, flip a few cafes, and a few <laughs> yeah, coffees." Yeah, no. um, yeah. So how is your How is your prep? Uh, it's different, absolutely different, because I'm a little bit mentally tired, and a little bit mentally drained at the moment. It's been a fair bit of um, stuff to to work through, and and it's not just me that has to wear it. It's you know, my mum goes to work today, and she's probably getting stuff from. It's not easy being related or our parents of an AFL umpire of particularly me, I guess, who's been a profile umpire here for a long time. So, you know, when my mum goes to work on a Monday and says, oh, your son cheated again on the weekend, that, that has impact on, y- on your folks. And that, they, and I, I really feel for my mum and dad at times and, and my brother and partner and, you know, stepdaughter who plays, you know, Waffle W, they probably cop stuff they don't really need to deserve. So I feel for them more. I've, I've become immune to it. It's all I know. It's, it's all I know. And what does it cost you? What does umpiring cost you? Because it's not a normal existence, Dean. In a sport that completely dominates the landscape, and in particular in a two-team town, where some teams love you, some hate you. And look, don't get me wrong, the Eagles fans and Dockers fans like you one day and not the next. And I get all that. And you're not the only other um, umpire out there. It's Mm. just you're an easy target. What does it cost you? What does it cost me? That's probably not the right word. I I think it's brought me a lot. It's brought me a lot of perspective. It's brought me some enormous joys and some enormous... I've met some wonderful people, Tim, and... You know, I look. I, I think of the relationship we've formed over 20 years, just through our, you know, footy connection and and the relationship I had with Brett Rosebury and and coaches and players. I had some emails from, you know, I had an email from Jeff Farmer this morning on Is social media. Right? The, yeah, the you know, I am in the early 2000s. Now, when I when I read his email, I thought, crikey, you know, the Indigenous playing um, fraternity has had an awfully tough couple of weeks, and we know why. And for him to reach out to me and now, that got me a little bit emotional, to be honest. Um, and to have players on the Eastern Seaboard obviously read the AFL website and then send me some messages through Instagram, that, that's really – it was like, wow. You know, I've had a little bit of impact uh, in my journey. So that's um, – yeah, it got me a little bit teary, to be honest. <laughs> Would you share a general theme from the Wiz of the message? Uh, yeah, you just said uh, – Dano, I just read your notification on AFL uh, on the AFL site. Um, awesome career. Thanks for a couple of cheeky frees you gave me in the 2000 and whatever game it was, and um, all the best. See you on the golf course. Nice. So, so it's just nice. Yeah, he's a good nice. fella, and, and, and all the players are great. You know, they've always been great. All right. Well, the, I received this from someone, and it said, let's not underestimate the amazing human being and commitment to umpiring at the highest level is not lost on this man. How much he's contributed to the AFL, umpiring both locally and nationally. Amazing journey, amazing life experiences shared with many umpires, including himself. Umpired in Dubai. Travelled to New York, AFL development junket with the NBA, NFL, etc. <laughs> Followed up two years later with a training camp, Barcelona and other junkets to London and France, Normandy leadership trips. <laughs> Tell you what, no wonder you're an AFL umpire. This is the greatest <laughs> lurk out. Great lifelong experiences with some of his best mates. It must be remembered, and you and I got a connection here, you almost died mid-air and got a plane diverted to Adelaide post-game. Another highlight simply for a sore stomach. Hope this helps with the insight. He loves umpiring to death. It's going to be a huge hole in his life, but there are opportunities around the corner. He will. He has the support of many, and hopefully West Coast and Frio fans and all WA footy fans give this man one last boo or clap or one round of abuse as he leaves the venue. Wow. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to share who's got that? Or do we know? Pretty obvious. Yeah, pretty obvious. <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, 
and those memories are great. I mean, to think that an umpire of footy can be taken around the world to share. I mean, I remember doing that, that Dubai game. It was the first NAB Cup game out of Australia. It was Collingwood, Adelaide. Stevic, Michael Bozzo, Sean Ryan, Damo Getz. We went to the Dubai races. We went to these, <laughs> we did, we did, um, uh, sand dune forward driving with Jeff Geish and he nearly broke his. Well, some of us we were doing shishka pipes in what the about, middle of what the about, um, oh, What about Budapest with Jeff Delgleish and being scammed in Budapest? Would you like to share that? Now, Jeff Delgleish is umpiring still. Yep. Jeff Delgleish. Stand! Yeah, loves his stand. Stand! Yeah, stand. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, so, Jeff, I think he still got his first $10 from his first pocket money when he was 10. So he, he looks like. He doesn't. He looks tight. He. he Tight, not sure. I won't say tight, but he's very protective. <laughs> he's very savvy, whereas I'm not as savvy, I nah, can assure you. Spend it. Um, so we're up on this mountaintop, right? And there's these gypsies with um, these three cups. I've been there. And they've got this little ball of alfoil. Yeah. And we're watching this going, How? This is the best This workout. is the easiest money to make of all <laughs> We've time. We've been there, now we've got a story. All time. This is so, I, I, so I put down my 50 year old, whatever, I said, it's in that one. Yeah. Moves it around, and then before you know it, it's gone. And I said, what's happened there? And then Jeff Dalgleish, I opened my wallet and there was 100 euros. That's like, what? That's close to 180. Mm. He goes, Dino, give me that 100. I cannot lose. And I've, <laughs> I've never seen Jeff Dalgleish this animated. So I'm thinking, he's a very measured person, very articulate, very smart. your money, though. Yeah, yeah, it was easy with my money, yeah. And he goes, I've got it sorted. All right. Da 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 da. Gone. So we're down like 300 euros. So we just couldn't believe it. And then we sort of sat back and we sort of watched what was happening. Then when we left, we went around the corner and there's this black Merc. And the gypsies get in this black murk and drive off. And, Let's lurk out. Mate, when we share that story, it's a story that has resonated for a long time. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet your Budapest story with a Barcelona story. Brother lives in Barcelona. Yes. And still does. And I went across for his wedding. And Jacko, Bluey, Wusha had all been to Spain. And they had also, they got locked up. Wow. For a very similar circumstance when they got ripped off on a street <laughs> corner with the cardboard boxes, the three cups. Yes. And the, felt, uh, the little polystyrene red ball that they get. And what they do is they move it around and they let you win the first couple. Correct. Because then you go, oh, and they go, and then the lady will come up and go, oh, double up, double up. This is good. Do, have, have another, have more. And you say, you, okay, okay, okay. She knows what. And you say, this is the easiest gig out. So your stake increases. Yep. And then all of a sudden you go, well, that's where it is. And you watch the ball and you know it's there. Now it's there. But what happens is they don't, they lift up one cup, but behind the cup is the poly ball and it's behind their thumb pushed up against the cup and they pull it back and there's the ball. So Dusty's never been under the cup. And what happened was Jacko got really upset with them. I may I speak out of school and he he took them to task. Anyway, police came and, oh, really? and oh, they were, the boys were locked right? up and carried on on an overnight tour. Similar thing, I think I did 300 euro in the first hour of being in Barcelona from the cups. Been there, done that. So when we went out to the hotel, we Googled biggest scams in Budapest. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> and we went through the stories, and it was our story. It 100%. Was word for word. So. 100%. And again, gonna, great experience. Great yeah, experience. We're going to get a breakaway. Any messages for Dean? 0487 736 736. If you've got a message and want to text Dean a message, we'll read it out. And also a question. Or 131255 with, of course, our guest, Dean Margetts. Thanks to McCafe's new blend. It's coffee fit for an Aussie. It's 19 past 11. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Ma gets in the studio 24 past 11. If you've got a, a message for Dean, 0487 736 736 or 13 12 55. Uh, lots on social media and I'll just, I'll just scan through it. Mm-hmm. Um, would you have paid a 50-metre penalty in the Jack Darling Harrison Petty stand over the ball, not give the ball back? 
moment. Did you, if you if you recall, it was on the yeah, wing. I do. Yeah, yeah. Two there, minutes there to go. There was an argument for both things there. Paul got trapped in his trapped, knees. Then he sort of was a bit clunky. Then the umpire went over and just sort of managed it. I think there's an argument either way. I know and then he blew like, the whistle and then had a go at Elliot Yo. He said, "You're only wasting time." That probably drew a bit of the eye from the fans. It's a tough one, but yeah. I'm sitting on the fence here a bit. Okay, fair enough too. All righty. Uh, the other one is, what will you miss most about game day? The feeling of walking into the rooms and not knowing what you're going to expect. Because I've done all the preparation. I've studied the form of the players. I know what's going to happen. I know what the weather's going to roughly be. But you never quite know what's going to happen until you get out there. You know, did I know that Jared Berry was going to go straight to Brayshaw at the first bounce and, you know, tag him pretty hardly? Probably not. So you've got to adjust on the fly. So I love that combative nature of footy and that my role is to try and make sure it's played on an even keel and the laws are applied and that the spirit of the game is applied. And that, I'm going to miss that. I, that. I'm going to miss that feeling in my fingers when I go to the game. But even though I've done that for 20 years, um, nerves, adrenaline, that, that, that moment, waking up with that feel of that, it's game day. I'm going to miss that. Absolutely, I will. 12 finals, no grand finals, two preliminary finals. Regrets? Uh, yeah, and yes, you could say there's a regret there. Not, I got close. I think a couple of years I got close. Um, if you're going to uh, assess your career on GFs, you could probably say I've, I've probably come up short and failed a bit. But if you assess it on longevity, durability, and hopefully being a trusted servant, then I think I've done okay. Over Someone has messaged 1.2 million kilometres of, yeah. of MR. Yeah, David Flegg, who's our statistician, knows he knows what I had for tea in round nine, 2012. I don't know how he does it, but I think he gave me the stats yesterday where I've done 223 away games, and of that, he's worked out whatever state I've gone to, it's about 1.2 million kilometres. Does that include your, uh, include your overseas joints as well? No, not those joints. Wow. So it's a lot of Ks, and that's why you've got to admire. Business class when you fly? Not always, not always. Sometimes I do a cheeky upgrade. Or because I'm normally travelling on my own, sometimes they go, he's the platinum guy, he's on his own, he's an easy kill, go to 1A. Doesn't happen often, but I've always enjoyed the... Well, Kometi's not travelling 1A anymore, Is but it? he used to always have 1A. Yeah, he would, yeah. No, I'd see him quite a bit. Um, Basil had 1B, so I used to walk past him quite a bit. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I'm going to miss probably the points and probably all the little, the little you know, um, hotel stays. With, uh, even when you stay with other umpires, you know, when you have tea together in the room and you're talking about the game or post-game, they're the moments, the camaraderie I'm going to really genuinely miss because yeah. every umpire I've umpired with, they're all good people. I mean, I know people don't see that on the field, but when you get to know them, um, we're all good, pretty generally good blokes. And I hope in time when I get around and hopefully do a few sports for nights mm. and get out and speak mm. to the supporters and... With security, I think. I, I think you need security, <laughs> Dane. I think most people... Go, you and I together... We'd be right, I reckon? Uh, well, you've got the brawn, I've got the looks, maybe. I don't know how that works. <laughs> oh, I'll get on you, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, did you ever keep... Have you kept anything? Whistle from your first game, ball from a game, jumper from such and such. Have you kept? Have you got a pool room? Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. Um, obviously, I've moved home, so it's in the garage at the moment. But I, I, I framed up a lot of stuff for my 50th AFL game. It was, I think it was Essendon versus West Coast. I had a little picture of um, the book and I think my airline ticket and a picture of um, all, all these things. I thought, oh, 50 games? How, how good is this? I'll never do 100. Or, I've got to frame this. And now I've obviously you know, achieved 377, so it's um, a big journey. Absolute ultimate. What's been the ultimate for you in your journey? What's been the best day of umpiring? The best day. Uh, I'll never forget my first game. That was always special. Round five, 2002, West Coast Brisbane. Cousins, Kerr, Judd, Gardner, Voss, Black, Ackermanis. And I look at that circle and go, wow, there's four Brownlow medalists. Around. That was a special moment. I bounced the ball. It's the straightest, best bounce I've ever done. I've never created it ever since. Um, I look back on when I did the 2000 national championships with guys like Chris Donlan and Matt Nichols, you know, so we've done a thousand games of AFL. 
coming through that little journey. Um, having umpired with Brady and known Brett for 25 years, um, being an AFL Life member, I know you asked me for one moment, and I could go on forever. I mean, That's good. More. Me- meeting coaches and, and uh, having them come across, uh, like Clark, the other week, come and say, how are you going, Dino? What's happening? Just having general conversations. Do players know your name? Yep. Yep. Do they know every umpire's name? I don't think so. Yeah. Why do they know yours? Oh, I've always known all the players. That was one thing why I got on. I just had, I'm just a footy head. I just know everybody straight away. And I think, I mean, Brett said something last night on our um, hookup where he said that, you know, a lot of players when he meets them always sort of, I don't think he was making it up and said that, you know, you know, we rate Demar gets pretty highly because he's just got away with us and he speaks to us respectfully and he, and he knows who we are. So that's always been something that um, I've always prided myself on. Knowledge is power. And I think people respond better to you. If you're in the shopping center, Goss, and they go, Oi, mate, a thousand people turn around. If they go, Hey, Tim, you turn around. So I think people respond to the name. And that's why I've always had that in my mind. As an umpire, people respect that. And when, umpire, and when I played and umpires knew that skinny little wingman from Maddington, they say, hey, Dane, back two minutes. I always respond. I thought, wow, if I ever, in life, I think name's really critical. Take you back to the shopping centre. I'll take you down to Garden City when my daughters were about five and three. And we'd walk past and my youngest would go, Dad, why did that man call you a dickhead? <laughs> It's funny. I get that too when I go, some people are tearing out, that's that umpire bloke, that's that Margaret. Yeah, I know. And, and I you said, know they're looking at you. You know they are. And I said, yeah, it is. Did you, did you want to say anything? No, no, it's all good. <laughs> Pull a whistle out. Woo. But as soon as they go away, they get on their phone and go, that's that bloody, you know what. So it, it is funny how it works. It is uh, funny how it works. Mate, I could talk to you for ages. Mm. It has been a, a great a great journey. Um, oh, hang on. Here we go. Hey, Dean, what happened after the 20? Okay, hang on. Oof. Okay. Hi, Dean. What happened after the 2018 West Coast Essendon game? It seems the AFL made a concerted effort not to fixture you at Eagles games from round 16 to round 8 2019. You didn't umpire another Eagles game. For what is it worth, West Coast over the past five years, West Coast have only had a 50% win-loss record. Do you know about win-loss records? And no, do you... no, no. Because there's a stat, I think, on champion data that says things like, he paid this many free kicks yeah. for this team. I don't see the benefit of that stat. I don't understand what I mean. What I will say is, with those free kick counts, a lot of the a lot of the clubs higher on the ladder generally are better with the free kick count because they tackle more professionally. They got better skilled players, so that I don't think that gets factored in. Richmond I, don't get a good run. No, I, I said most. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I want two more minutes of your time. Are you going to be lost to the game? What's your role now? What's going to What's going to happen after Sunday? Uh, I need to take a step back and it's a complete reset for me because it's all I've known for my, literally for 20 years. And, I, you know, being an AFL umpire, you need to be selfish and I've, I, and, and people in my life have suffered through that. I, I've got no, and I, I get a little bit emotional when I say because I know I've made some, I've made some bad decisions that have affected people because of the things I've chosen to do with football and you become selfish and you become a bit driven and, and that's not always right. So I need to um, take a step back from that now and just reset. Okay, let's take a deep breath. You know, my two sons live in Bustleton with their mother. I'd like to go down and watch them play a bit more and maybe umpire some of his games and uh, invest a bit more time into my stepdaughter's um, you know, career and help her. And, and I'm really committed to um, fostering the, the waffle umpire environment. I'm so proud of the environment we have there. I, I addressed our waffle umpires last night and got emotional because I'm so, I just love that group. And if I can get one or two young males or females to have half the career I've had. And if I can help mold that, that's what my motivation is. Um, to work in the AFL immediately, probably not. Um, is there a coaching job of football? I've often said to my boss, David Crude at work, I said, I want to coach a team. I want to sit in the box and, and see if I would carry on like coaches carry on to me. That, that, so I need to experience, I want to love football. I've coached juniors, I've umpired. 
um, um, I'd like to dabble in a bit of media. I'd like to, um, maybe I could be a special comment. So, mm. put, so when Hayes is going crazy, Hayes, that's actually the right decision. And this is the reasons why. So hopefully um, there's some opportunities that can open up for me. Um, hopefully I've earned a, a um, bit of respect in the wider community that would allow for that to happen. But I certainly want to take this opportunity to thank you, Tim, for what you've given me as, as a friend and a, as a mentor, as a person, and also as your commentary. And, and thanks for, for SEM for allowing me the forum those last couple of seasons to, to sit here. You're a good man, uh, first and foremost. That's, that's the best part. That's what you'd have to take away from this whole experience. You're a good man. Yep. And let me tell you, it's a pretty ruthless industry. We know media, footy combined, it can be pretty ruthless. Good people survive and you'll survive. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Really appreciate Dean Maher gets. He's an absolute legend. And thank you for everyone who got in touch with us. And we're not, not going to be the last we hear of Dean. If, uh, if we can do whatever we can to keep Dean involved in the SEN footy going forward, I think it'd be very, very handy. Yeah, very, very handy. Hmm, might ticking over. I reckon we might be able to include him. I'm looking forward to it. Dean and Goss for breakfast. If, that's only if Gilly doesn't sign up. 27 away from 12. It's time for the news. Thanks to our friends at Jones Boys, Bunbury Kia. Great people. Amazing cars. <laughs> Welcome back to Sporting Goss. Been a busy show so far. And let's turn our attention to a bit of racing news, of course, just across the way from our station here at SENWA at Optus Stadium is Belmont Park. And, well, it was Belmont on Saturday where our man... Ash Maley went burko with three winners, almost a four with his old man, Red Publisher. It was a great day, Ash. Congratulations. You're still celebrating? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I celebrated too hard on Saturday night, so <laughs> no, no, since then it's been um, fairly quiet. Uh, all right. right. Before we get into your runners today and just a bit of the summary of the weekend, um, you, you train up at Lancelin, and I'm intrigued by that. Or oh, it says Jinjin in the race book. Uh, just tell us a bit about your setup. Um, I heard you uh, interviewed post-race. Lancelin, Jinjin, um, what is the situation with the with the Ash Marley stable? Yeah, I train out of... Uh Jinjin, um, yep. I've got a property here with a two and a half k sand track um, with a with a nice hill, and um, we built it all. And uh, yeah, it's it's working really well. I, I was in Lanceman, but yeah, moved here um, you know two years ago, so and it's been working well. I, I'm intrigued by the Lanceman setup because you know people go there for holidays and people go there for a day trip, and they're they're in this time. But obviously, the move from there to Jinjin to the setup that you're at has proved beneficial because the stable is absolutely flying. But you did have plenty of success when you stabled at Lancelin. Just tell us a bit about that from two years ago. Yeah, look, the the um, beach is beautiful um, to work on, but it's very inconsistent. So you sort of really want to bit of consistency and you know like your gallop days sort of changed over three days because of where the tide was or you know how soft the sand was or how hard it was and how many people were on the beach so um you know it it was just a bit hard yeah well it's not hard now because you're racking up training winners you must be very very pleased with the stable the way the stable's going um and, and and may i say even though you had a a City treble on the weekend. Red Publishers run must have given you great heart, and he's a, a beautiful horse, and he's one of your favourites. His performance, of course, on on the weekend probably was one of the highlights for you, even though he didn't win. Yeah, he was. He was a, certainly a highlight, and um, you know, like <laughs> there was a couple of things went wrong for him in the race, and you know, he, when he uh, grabbed the bit again. Mm. Uh, Joey accidentally dropped the rain, and uh, when he's picked it back up again, he uh, really got his skates on. And um, he, yeah, he uh, he is a favourite. He's he's a uh, really good pet. He's a he's a lovely, lovely horse. Um, you know, he's 
he just wants to be a racehorse, but he's more of a pet than a racehorse. But he, uh, <laughs> he just, he just loves it. You know, like he, each time we bring him in, he just, he just can't wait to get back into work, and he, he gets excited even when it's not his race day. He gets very excited as soon as you back the float up. He's, he's wanting to go. You know, like he's wanting to get on the float and get going to the races. He, he just loves it. Have you made a decision on what you do next with him? No, I haven't, mate. No, he, <laughs> he, um. He's probably in as good a career form as he's ever been in his life, old bugger. So, um, uh, you know, we'll probably go for, you know, maybe the blue spec or something yep. uh, the following week. So, you know, he's, he's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, he'll tell us when he's had enough, I'm sure. But um, we've been lucky enough that he's been 100% sound all his life. So um, he's come all the way through from the Caracatus and he's, been in you know very good races all his life so um yeah couldn't be prouder of him yeah you gotta look after him that's uh, let's get to to your runners today are are all six going around today yes all six will be going around um some of them be going around (laughs) i don't know how good they're going to go but um i i sort of think that uh jag the joke is um probably my best for the day yep um it's got to beat an old mate of mine's horse uh in the obh so yep um, I think OVH will have too much speed for us to start with, but hopefully we can hunt it down at the end. So, and a couple of the others there um, will be ridden back, and if it's a run-on track, they'll be they'll be in it. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, Jag the Joker is one of your favourites, of course. Will, Willie Pike on board. He goes uh, the last time Willie rode it, the horse won the the Northern Traders, of course. So you'd like to hope that that would. Uh, um, continue uh, out of out of your others. You've got runners in race two, five. You've got a double in uh, in race seven and eight, and nine. If you were to say that you hope Jag the Joker is the best of your day, what about another one for the punters, uh, Ash Marley? Well, I, um, I'd like to think that uh, Blue Horse at, at Big Odds might go pretty well, and um, Popcorn Tender. He's going to have to hope that, that it's a run on track because he'll be he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's probably improved from his last run. Um, we'll see how they go. Very good. All right, mate. How many in the How many in the stable? Twenty. Twenty. So and what a stock. Nearly all racing because. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what a stock taker not carry the the the, the Maley colours. Is that just the ownership? Oh uh, yeah, that's just the owners' colours. Yeah, they've they've got their own colours. So we. Running around in their colours. Yeah, yeah. I, I prefer yours, mate. I, I know when you're running. I know, I know when your horses are going. Uh, well, the old and you better colours are pretty easy to see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they are. Hey, good good luck to you. I know you've got a very busy morning. Thanks for joining us, mate. So we look forward to Jag the Joker, Blue Horse, and, and maybe the Popcorn as well. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Beautiful. He's a good man, Ash Marley, doing a wonderful job. And, yes, formerly out of Lancelin, now across the road at Gingin. Great setup there. As he mentioned, 20 horses, and they all race, basically. He does a remarkable job with his stable, fresh from a treble on Saturday. So follow uh, him, of course, and uh, don't forget, always gamble response. It's 10 to 12. Don't forget, if you've missed any of the Sporting Goss or any of our other shows, you can get onto our podcasts. Of course, we're all good podcasters, uh, found and bad ones. SEN.com.au, the website as as well, but download the app and you just click on the bottom podcast, Sporting Gospel pop up or the whole show or a part of the show or the best interview, the good parts, the bad parts. Gillian Goss will be there as well. And don't forget, we're back on Friday. Now, the Friday focus is with Peter Bowl, of course, who ran so beautifully in the uh, 800, wasn't it? He was 800. Yeah, he's good. We were down in Bunbury. Gilly turned the pub upside down 
to uh, make sure it was on the big screen down there. So um, we'll be chatting with Peter Bowl on Friday. Stephen Hill announced his retirement. Injury has curtailed him over the last few years. Superstar of the game, pretty reticent to, to do a lot of media, found it a little bit uncomfortable to speak to the playing group, but he did have this message to the fans. Pretty emotional this morning. Um, yeah, just thinking about it sort of the last couple of weeks and, um, yeah, obviously my body hasn't held up and just thought it was the right time to, yeah, to announce my retirement. And although it's sad, um, yeah, just pretty proud of what I've been able to achieve. You know, the supporters are amazing. Um, just being able to run out in front of, you know, our passionate supporters, you know, all my career and that, it was yeah, just an amazing feeling. And um, that's, probably what, that's probably what kind of kept me trying to, to hold on for the last couple of years, although I had injuries, I just really wanted to get back out there and play in front of the crowd. Um, our supporters one more time, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. A lot of people externally will remember him for how graceful, how skillful he was, but a lot in this room, particularly those players who were lucky enough to play with him, will remember him for how hard he was in the contest, how consistently he performed under the greatest blowtorch that you can be put under as a player in the biggest games that there were, how he would cover for his teammates all the time, and how he would run as hard defensively as he would offensively. And I think there's very few players who can generally say that that's the kind of player they were. A great young group of uh, men coming through and, um, you know, they're playing some pretty good this year. We've seen a lot of them grow and a lot of guys get opportunities this year. And um, yeah, I think the future's bright. Um, yeah, just, yeah, thank you so much for your support. Um, yeah, going to miss running out in front of you guys and, um, yeah, playing footy, but um, yeah, it's been an incredible journey and um, you guys have been so amazing and, yeah, just yeah, truly going to miss running out in front of you guys. Wonderful tribute to Stephen Hill, who has announced his retirement from AFL football. He came through the same draft as Jack Watts, Nick Matanui, Daniel Rich, and Stephen Hill, and unfortunately, injury curtailed the back half of his career. A wonderful tribute, too, from the San Antonio Spurs on social media. If you haven't seen it, it is a tribute to the efforts and the years of hard work put in by Paddy Mills. Now, it's predominantly a visual, but you hear a lot of the audio and the, the tributes and the words and the commentary. And, uh, well, we've we've cut it down because it didn't quite all fit to the uh, to the radio listener Ship, but it, uh, we've come up with this uh, two-and-a-half-minute tribute to Paddy Mills. If you haven't seen it, get onto socials. Look at uh, San Antonio Spurs, Spurs or Paddy Mills as he moves to the Brooklyn Nets, of course. Here's a wonderful tribute from the Spurs to a long-time servant, Boomer's bronze medalist, Olympic bronze medalist, Paddy Mills. Mills for three. Man, this man can shoot. Oh, Paddy Mills does it again. Spurs have captured their fifth NBA championship. And it was incredibly hard, but now that, it, that it's all paid off, I mean, it's an unbelievable feeling. I'm here to come and teach you the art of the towel wave. There you go. Get a high on the backboard. High on the backboard. Nice, just like that. Good job, buddy. You can smile too while you're dribbling. Basketball's fun. We didn't know what we were getting, really, when we got him. And, you know, as a basketball player, he's gone off the charts with development. 
but as a human being and a member of our society and a leader on our team, he's been fantastic. It makes you feel like you're doing way more than just bouncing a ball and, and going out to play every night. So I'm playing in Orlando because I don't want to leave any money on the table that could be going directly to black communities. He embodies empathy, uh, awareness, the ability to be uh, actionable after he speaks about things. Uh, he's a very special human being. He's doing things to try to make the world a better place. I'd like to thank the San Antonio Spurs and everyone who contributed in making this the NBA's first ever Indigenous night. It's just being able to use my platform to be able to bring people together, really make an impact on the things that really matter. It's been a thrill to watch him grow uh, from just a guy who got signed and really didn't have you know, a role or wasn't sure whether he was going to stay in the league or make it or anything like that. Wonderful work there. If you haven't seen it, please do. Mike on the tech, 0487 736 736. News in that the Fremantle Dockers will not appeal the one-week suspension handed out to Andy Brayshaw. He won't be in the derby. Fair to say, um, they're going to need everything to go their way, Fremantle, if they're to upset the West Coast Eagles. So don't think that will be happening. Hey, Goss, who do you think will replace Andy Brayshaw this week? I think Brett Bewley is an obvious one. I think... um, he was the Medi sub the other day, and I think he's done enough to deserve his spot. And I think he's a nice player. I think he's a good player. They they may get Banfield also back as well, but their numbers are pretty thin on the ground. Uh, I think Reese Conkers are about the place as well, but uh, I do think Brett Bewley will definitely play. Always get in touch with us zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six or thirteen twelve fifty five if you wish to call. Speaking of West Coast, on the couch, the boys on the couch had this to say about their form and where to now. You win the two finals, you get in. I think the bigger issue for me is the way they were playing, particularly late and early. Half-time, they had a plus 24 or thereabouts, contested ball. And we've spoken about the Eagles and contested ball and the deficit in contested ball for as long as you've been on the show, Brownie, and that's a fair while. And yet, when it really needed to be done, they did it, like in the finals in 18. They did it. It's frustrating, Jared. You know, this might... Uh, my pet hate. When you're looking at teams, the same thing happened with Richmond in the first half against North Melbourne. So you make all these excuses and then come out, the effort's magnificent. Mm. Third quarter, you tackle, you get the contested footy going. So they dominated contested ball in the last 20 minutes. Uh, West Coast, it looked like they just rolled the sleeves up and got to work. So you can have all the systems in the world, all the methods in the world, yep. but you've got to roll your sleeves up. He's, clutch- bring he's clutching at straws yeah. for any sort of positivity yeah. at the moment, Adam Simpson, because I, I think he knows. They're, they're right on the verge. This, this uh, the, the, the local... I don't want to get this wrong. Derby? Derby. Derby. Yeah. The Derby's massive. So, yeah, it is. It, it is, is and it uh, probably goes to a long way to deciding who makes it. Uh, yeah. Let's say they give them a win. Then they've got Brisbane in the final game. They're going to have to win both. Yeah. The percentage is poor. They need to win them both. 
That's on the couch last night. A minute to go before we sign out of here. Thanks for your company today. Good to be back once again. Just thanks to Peter Vlahos, who filled the Sporting Goss chair for the last couple of days. Tomorrow's show, Stacey Marinkovic, coach of the West Coast Fever. They're preparing for the finals, of course, and she was also the Aussie Diamonds coach. TJ Wickham, he's in lockdown in a hotel here in Perth. He was a star for the Kookaburras, of course. They pick up a silver medal, but he's not happy. He's not happy with a silver medal. TJ, he can't wait for Paris to go around again. Lee Marrick, good man. He works for the GWS Giants in the media department, but he's also produced a book about the banners. Beautiful book, beautiful picture book, beautiful coffee table book. Tom Randall talking all things motorsport. Get your pens and paper ready because Life of Riley will be back. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Paddo. And thank you for listening to our show and our special feature guest today, Dean Margetts. You can catch everything on sen.com.au. Follow us there. Get to the podcasts as well. This has been the Sporting Goss. Back on your dial tomorrow from 10. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.